You're listening to the Mommy Limerners Podcast, episode number 44. Hey guys, okay, so if you've been following me, you know I just had a baby about actually exactly two weeks from today, and I'm super excited because this episode is his birth story. So I had a baby boy two weeks ago. He was seven pounds, three ounces, born on August 12th at 4.35 in the morning, (laughs) and I had a baby boy, and I didn't know that he was a boy um, during my pregnancy. If you've been following along, I'm sure that you that you have, um, but I didn't know that he was a boy, so he was a surprise gender, and yeah, just went through this episode um, and talked about his whole birth story and kind of leading up to uh, me going into labor, what I kind of did to get myself into labor, and then we just kind of completely go through his story, my thoughts, how stuff felt, Um, and lots of other things. And a very cool thing about this episode is this is actually not a solo episode. So with Walter's birth, if you go back to an earlier episode, I think it was episode two of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast, I did a solo episode and I talked about Walter's birth, giving birth to him at the hospital that I work at and, you know, giving birth without an epidural and just, you know, his whole birth story. I just kind of went through and talked about it, but I wanted to do this one a little bit differently. So I actually had my sister and my other employee, Tiffany, who is also a labor and delivery nurse, um, kind of do an interview style and interview me about my birth story. And I think it was just a really, really great way to have me share everything. So yeah, we did just that. And I thought it was super cool, and you guys are going to have to let me know if you liked this, um, if you liked this style where I had um, both my girls come on here and all, us all talk about things, um, because I'd love to, you know, do more episodes like this, and, you know, maybe not just personal episodes where I'm talking about my, my birth story or, like, my personal stuff, but, you know, we can do kind of include Jenna and Tiffany in more more podcast episodes. So yeah, without further ado, let's get into the birth story of my second baby boy, Ryland. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Hi, Tiffany and Jenna. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here today. So, This is a special episode, guys, because I have, first of all, I have two guests and I know them personally in my life and work-wise. They both are my employees. Um, So we are doing my birth story today, guys. So I wanted to, I guess, welcome you guys and have you guys kind of just introduce yourselves uh, briefly and then we can get started. So Tiffany, why don't you, why don't you start and then we'll, and then we'll let Jenna talk about herself too. Sure. So my name's Tiffany and Liesl and I have known each other for, I don't even know, 12 years or so, maybe a little longer than that. 
Um, I am also a labor and delivery nurse. Liesl and I actually work together on the same floor. We've been working together um, there for five years or so. And then our families are really interconnected and intertwined as well. Um, I started working for Mommy Labor Nurse about six months ago and am excited to join the team full-time full time here in a couple of months, Yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's good. I know. Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, we could go on and on about like our relationship and how <laughs> intertwined we are <laughs> because we really are. It's kind of funny, but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> um, all right. So Jenna, tell us about yourself. I think people probably know you a little bit more because you're you we see your face a little bit more, but go ahead yeah. and go ahead and tell people <laughs> who you are. <laughs> so if you don't know who I am, I'm Jenna Liesel's sister. So I have been her assistant since probably last July. So about a year now. And yeah, I do a lot of the background stuff. I answer all her emails, do all, all sorts of stuff for her. So I've been really enjoying working for my sister. She is a great boss. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so today, guys, we're going to do our birth sto- uh, my birth story. And I thought about just doing this solo and sitting down and just kind of like talking to you guys solo, but I figured it would be a little bit more entertaining if we did this sort of like an interview style um, questionnaire. So Tiffany and Jenna are going to kind of take the reins and ask me through my birth story. They both kind of know what happened. Um, You know, I've kind of talked to them already about it, but yeah, I thought that would just be a little bit more entertaining than me just sitting here, you know, talking, (laughs) talking solo. So Tiffany, um, if you want to start, I guess we can start with the first question and I'll just let you go ahead and you got, you guys both go ahead and lead. (laughs) All right. Um, so I thought it might be kind of fun for your, um, followers and listeners to give us a quick recap of Walter's birth before we dive into Ryland's birth. Yeah, sure. So I did record, I think it's episode two. Um, of the podcast that I recorded a full story of, of Walter's birth, if you want to go back and really listen to it. But just briefly, I um, went, I, I guess not uh, completely unmedicated, but had a, didn't get an epidural with him, labored um, early at my house for about 12 hours, yeah, 12-ish hours. Um, I got up to the hospital, I was like five centimeters dilated, got my water broken by my provider labored for another few hours, ended up getting a dose, two doses of IV pain medication. And I tried nitrous oxide, but I didn't like it at all. (laughs) Um, So did that for a couple hours, did a lot of position changes, did a lot of, you know, hopping in and out of the shower um, and ended up eventually kind of losing my mind at the end and wanting an epidural at the end, but I didn't, didn't end up getting an epidural. Um, and delivered him. I think I pushed for 25 or 30 minutes with him. And yeah, he was born right at 3am. No real super bad complications or anything. It was, it was great. I mean, I, gosh, like, I feel like if I hadn't had him the way that I had him and had such a super empowering, like awesome, amazing birth, there might not be mommy labor nurse. (laughs) So yeah, that's just quick recap, but there's a lot more to it. So if you want to go back and really listen to it, it's, it's episode two of of the podcast. Cool. Okay. Well, (laughs) I had a question and 
This also, I guess, applies to Walter's birth, but why in the first place did you want your births to go unmedicated? Yeah. So I get this question a lot and it's kind of, I don't know, it's a lot of different reasons. And actually with, with this birth, like with Ryland in this pregnancy, I did totally contemplate getting possibly getting an epidural with him because my reasons, I guess, were a little bit different. But anyways, with Walter, really the main reason that I wanted to try and go, you know, as completely unmedicated as I possibly could and not get an epidural was because my mom had a C-section with me and she, um, very similar, like labored for a really, really long time. And then eventually got an epidural and was pushing for two or three hours with me. And I, you know, got quote unquote, got stuck, but it was just failure to descend. Um, I just, you know, wasn't coming down and she ended up having a C-section with me. And I've seen that happen to a decent amount of patients, you know, not, I mean, I can't evidently <laughs> based to say that it's due to epidurals, but I wanted to kind of give myself the best possible shot at not having a C-section with him. So, you know, just from my practice, I said, Hey, I'm going to try and, you know, take out as many interventions as I can. And that means induction and epidurals. Um, so that was really the main reason. And then once I started to kind of do more research, you know, and just read more stories and listen to more people talk about a medicated, you know, natural kind of births, it got me really, really excited and really, really into it. So yeah, just wanted to, I mean, and then I just kind of wanted to see what all the fuss, this is bad, but I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Like I wanted to actually experience labor um, and see, you know, see kind of what it was all about. So yeah, went into it knowing that um, I def- I, I'd say I definitely went into it with an open mind though. I mean, knowing that I could get to a point where I was like, okay, I, I definitely can't do this guys. Like I, you know, I need an epidural, but yeah, wanted to give it, wanted to give it my best shot. And then with Ryland, um, I, you know, same, same deal, but I, I knew that my chances were higher if I had an epidural that I would have a vaginal delivery and I could avoid a C-section because my body had done it once before. So I knew that if I did ultimately want an epidural with him, I, I probably would be successful in, in having vaginal delivery. So really did contemplate it at the beginning, but then I was like, Uh, you know what? I've done it once before. I can probably do it again. And I did. So thankfully, and we'll hear more about it later, but yeah, that's just kind of, kind of in a nutshell, I guess why. Yeah. (laughs) Wondering what you need to do to stay on track during each week of pregnancy. Not sure what you need to be learning or researching along the way. I can help. Sign up for our free weekly pregnancy series to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant to get your first email today. See you in your inbox real soon. So just, you know, obviously I'm a labor and delivery nurse too, and we see a lot of women give birth with epidurals, without epidurals. Is there any part of, you know, our job and watching women giving birth without pain medication that 
scared you or made you nervous going into both of your deliveries. And, you know, sometimes we talk about like ignorance is bliss and how (laughs) we wish we didn't know anything. But then on the other hand, it's like having all the information we had also really prepares us. So like, what were you feeling in both of your pregnancies, knowing as much information that you know, and then trying to move forward with that and give birth without an epidural or pain medication? Yeah, I think it was a lot. I think I was a lot more anxious the first time because you're totally right that there is a degree. Education is power, right? That's like what my whole brand is about. But um, there is a degree or like almost like a line, a gray line of like when you know too much. And I'll talk a little bit more about that too later uh, when we talk more about Ryland's birth, because that definitely played a part. Like there were parts of his birth where I knew too much and it was, Mm -hmm. um, I was scared and just, you know, I was getting in my own head, but I think during pregnancy with Walter, I was definitely a lot more anxious because I know complications that happen. And, you know, if this happens and this happens and what, you know, and all of this Ryland, I definitely was not, that was not circling in my head, but definitely during both of their births, there were parts where I knew that, oh my gosh, like with Ryland's birth, I'm starting to stall. I'm starting to think about, you know, getting in my head. Oh my gosh, like why, why am I stalling? What, What do I need to do? You know, blah, 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 blah. And then there was a part when his heart rate went down and I'm like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to have a C section or she's gonna vacuum and you know, all of this stuff. Um, and then with Walter's birth, yeah, there was definitely um, more, I, I mean, I had OP kind of labors, posterior labors, really bad back labor labors with both, but I would say definitely with Walter's birth, um, the back pain was getting in my head a lot more. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having all this crazy back pain. This is not going as fast as it needs to go, even though it totally was like, I was, you know, that's just me and my labor nurse brain. Um, but yeah, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm having all this back pain. He's posterior. I had just had a patient. I remember before I went into labor with Walter that had a posterior, uh, labor and posterior positioning. And she ended up having a C-section. And I'm like thinking about that while I'm in the labor with Walter, like, oh my gosh, I'm having all this back pain. I'm going to end up having a C-section, you know, like that's just negative (laughs) kind of thoughts going through my head. So yeah, that was, I would say definitely, I mean, yeah, there is a line. (laughs) I'll just, I'll just end it with that. (laughs) Okay. So Let's start talking about the week leading up to your due date. So what kinds of things were you doing to help prep your body for labor? Yeah, so I, let's see, I don't even know kind of where to start. I did, I I mean, I did all the things. I think I did everything except the midwives brew, which is that brew that has a little, that has castor oil in it. That's actually on my website. I was saving that till like the day before I was possibly (laughs) going to get induced, but I pretty much did everything guys. I mean, I got my membrane stripped. I walked a lot. I did curb walking. Um, I did, I sat on my yoga ball a whole lot. I did even primrose, primrose oil, um, for a good week before week or week and a half before I went into labor, I ate pineapple, I ended up, um, and then the day before I had sex, but you know, that's a given. (laughs) Um, um, and then the day before, or I guess 
a few hours before I went into labor, I did this series called the mile circuit, um, which we can link uh, in, in the bottom of this or in the show notes of this episode, if, if you're interested in that, um, I did this thing called the mile circuit and it's basically a series of positions that you can do, um, to help your labor kind of speed up or kind of start kick, kickstart labor. So I did that. And then I went and got a reflexology session and that's kind of like acupuncture, um, really strong acupuncture on your feet. And then I went into labor a few hours later, later. So yeah, did all the things I was three centimeters, um, kind of leading up to it. So I, that's something that I teach in my classes too, that it's not, not as important to do the things to try and put yourself into labor, but it's kind of more important to do those things to prep your cervix. Um, so that was my intention behind doing, doing all the things. Um, but yeah, that's just a general recap of, (laughs) of things that I did. I can't really, I don't think, I can't think of anything else that I did. (laughs) And didn't you say that you had that, uh, reflexology massage with Walter and that kind of, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I did that. Did I do that the day before I went into labor with him? I don't. I don't remember. I think so. I think it was. Yeah, you did it. Um, it was either the day before or it was two days before. No, it was the day before. before. Yeah, before. Yeah. And then this one, it was uh, two hours before. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. maybe it did. (laughs) Maybe it actually does work. Who knows? (laughs) So you delivered Ryland at 40 weeks and five days. Yes. How are you feeling, you know, physically? emotionally mentally as you saw that due date come (laughs) and go and still no baby yeah so I would say physically I felt good I I felt good physically through my whole pregnancy even towards the end I mean I was still sleeping pretty well you know some aches and pains there but here and there but nothing like super super crazy emotionally um mentally I would say yeah I would as you, as you start to see the due date come and go, you're like, really, I'm going to go over my due date again. But also knowing that this is very typical. And I went over my due date with Walter. So like, why wouldn't I go over my due date with Ryland? Um, But I also, I don't know, I had this thought through my whole pregnancy that I wasn't going to go over my due date. So when I finally got to my due date, I was like, what the heck? Why am I not trusting? You know, why is my intuition wrong? (laughs) But yeah, I would say I was definitely mentally uh, not upset, but just like, oh, come on. (laughs) Really? Like, why am I not going into labor? And then, yeah, it was good. I, I finally a few days after my due date, I think it was like that Monday. Cause I, my rollover days are Friday. So it was probably 40 and two or 40 and three when I was finally like, okay, you know what? I'm just, I'm too grounded in like, I'm too deep in social media. I need to just like unplug and take some time off and really just like relax. And then the next day I ended up going into labor. So yeah, eventually when I finally was like, not as concerned with it and not just, yeah, like, I, th- I mean, I don't know, maybe that really helped just to really like unplug for a good day and just, and just relax and, and do my reflexology. 
Yeah, I'm sure that really did help, especially um, just, you know, all that pressure from DMs you get, like, did you have the baby? Did you have the baby? I know it kind of drove Tiffany and I insane because we were the (laughs) ones going through DMs like, oh my gosh, so many people are like betting on this baby coming. Yeah. And it just kept going day by day. But anyways, uh, Tuesday evening is when you finally went into labor. So can you kind of go into great detail of those final 24 hours before labor kicked in? Yeah. So I would say um, Monday, yeah, I went into the office that Monday and did, you know, did some work for that week. And then gosh, like, I don't even remember really like exactly what I did on Monday. I think I probably did some more labor stuff like curb walking and bouncing on my ball and and all that good stuff. Um, Tuesday I had Walter, he didn't go to school that day. So we just kind of hung out the house and then, yeah, did that mile circuit probably at four o'clock or so in the afternoon. And I was actually really relaxing because it, you're, you're, I mean, the first two positions, you're kind of laying it well the first one you're kind of upside down but <laughs> the second one you're kind of just relaxing and Walter was really good that day he was just playing by himself the whole time that I was doing this so um did the mile circuit and then I uh, kind of immediately after that I had a reflexology s- session at 5 30 so I went and did that and then yeah came home um I my husband had cooked dinner he cooked this it was this, uh, it's called, we call it sausage and peppers, but it's like sausage, uh, like kielbasa sausage and peppers and onions and pasta. And I had that for lunch. And then I remember as I was eating, I had a couple stronger contractions. I've been having contractions all day on and off. Um, but nothing, nothing to write home about, you know, to like just painful ones, but nothing, nothing too crazy. So I remember I was eating dinner and I had a couple of them and it was about 7.30, 7.45 and Walter, um, Walter goes to bed about 8, 8.30. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put him to bed a little bit early because these are, these are hurting a little bit more. And I remember I really, really wanted to put him to bed because I was thinking that like that was going to be the night. And, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of more nights where it was just me and him. So I was like, oh, I really want to. I really want to put him to bed early and put him, you know, just put him to bed. So I did. And I remember we were like brushing teeth and putting PJs on and they, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is something <laughs> now I can't like really ignore these anymore. So put him to bed. Um, yeah. And then, and then they just started to start to get stronger. And I mean, they were pretty close initially. I would say they were probably, they started off at probably three to five minutes um, apart. And then, um, they were, they weren't super long. They weren't super crazy painful yet, but enough for me to be like, okay, this is something. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the start of it all. (laughs) So I know with Walter, you know, you've told me this, that the day before you had him, you felt like you were in this like fog haze, your mind felt like kind of cloudy. And I don't know if you probably knew at the time feeling that way that you were going to, you know, have him the next day or go into labor the next day. Yeah. But like looking back onto Ryland now, do you feel like you had any sense those 24 hours before you actually went into labor? Like, was it similar to Walter and you felt 
anything at all? Or were you just like totally clueless when you woke up Tuesday morning and you actually were in labor? No, I, I was totally, I was totally clueless. I mean, I, I had a, I have a feeling that it was coming soon just because of the timing of it and that I was 40 weeks and five days. But no, I remember, oh, another thing is I went over to my parents' house that day too. And I had had a couple of them. And I remember thinking, oh man, this is probably, this is obviously because we go over once a week. This is obviously the last time I'm going to come over to my parents' house um, before I, you know, I have the baby. But no, I would say I woke up Tuesday morning. I do remember very vividly with Walter feeling like I was kind of in a fog and I've talked about that with you. And I think I've talked about it on my platform before, just the, the weirdness of it. It's like, you're not sick, but you're not, you just kind of mentally feel foggy, but yeah, did not feel that with Ryland. (laughs) Um, And maybe I just attribute that to being busy and having another kid and you're not maybe as in tune with, I don't know yourself. I, I don't know, but no, the answer is definitely no. Had no idea <laughs> that I was like truly going into labor that night. So we kind of touched on when you first found out you were in labor, but how did Brian react when he first <laughs> found out you were in labor? <laughs> yeah, so it was funny. He was um, upstairs in his office, like playing a game. He He's a game. I guess I can call, her, call him a gamer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing a video game. And I had, he had gone upstairs. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to put Walter to bed. You can go up, you know, play your game if you want to. He's like, okay. Um, So he went upstairs, started playing his game while I was putting Walter to bed. I put him to bed. And then I came out of his room is right next to uh, Brian's office, came out of his room. And I've been having some stronger ones. And I came into his room and I was like, hey, um, just so you know, (laughs) this is what's going on. I, you know, I'm, I'm, 90% 90% sure this is going to happen tonight, but still, I guess not a hundred percent sure, but I'll keep you posted. <laughs> and yeah, he kind of reacted the same way that he did with Walter, where it was like bug eyes and like, Oh crap. Okay. This is actually happening tonight. So um, I think it was good that he was playing a video game because he was like, he was like still playing it and he had to finish up his game and he was talking to his friends. So it kind of kept him, um, occupied because that was something that totally drove me crazy with Walter's birth that I told him that I was in labor. And then he's like asking me questions and like, okay, when are we going to go to the hospital? Okay. What is this going to, you know? And he's like doing all this stuff around the house and blah, blah, blah. And he's like driving me crazy. So he was just like, okay, uh, all right. Uh, that sounds good. But then he kept playing his video game and I was like, okay, I'm going to go downstairs. I don't need you or anything. I can just, you know, go take a shower and, you know, chill and I'll, I'll let you know. And at that point, I think he was like, okay, do you want to call your mom? Because that's another factor that we didn't have to deal with, with Walter's birth. Nobody had to take care of another child, but with, with Rylan's birth. Yeah. It's, I had to call my mom to come over and she lives about 30 minutes away. So I had to kind of time it right. So he was like, do you want to call your mom yet? Um, What do you want to do? Do you want to even put Walter to bed? Uh, should we wake him up and have him just go? And I was like, no, I think he just needs to sleep here. I don't think we're at the point of calling my mom quite yet, but I'll let you know. So yeah, his reaction, very, very similar to Walter's, but I think it was better um, just from experience, you know, him knowing that, that, okay, this is game time. Um, 
But yeah, it certainly helped that he was occupied with something. So he didn't completely drive me crazy in the next, in the next couple hours that I just kind of spent at home before, before leaving. So one of the things that you shared in your story on Instagram was you hooked yourself up to your breast pump yeah. while you were at home. And a lot of your followers have sent you DMs asking, why did you do that? So can you explain just a little bit more the reasoning behind why you hooked yourself up to the breast pump before you went to the hospital? Yeah, sure. So yeah, that was just purely, actually, I had texted the, I I didn't even come up with that idea um, initially on my own, but I had texted the charge nurse who was on that night because I knew I had written out like everybody who was working. So I knew just (laughs) everybody who was working every night, every shift. So I texted the charge nurse. I was like, Hey, um, just so you know, like, I'm (laughs) pretty sure I'm in labor. I'm gonna come up in a little bit. Uh, they're not super strong yet, but like, you know, this is what's going on. So she knew. And, um, she, what she said that she was like, Hey, um, go ahead, put your your breast bump on, get them a little bit stronger. Maybe you'll show up and you'll be ready to push. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. So the reason why I did that was um, nipple stimulation. It it releases the same hormones that you do uh, during labor. It's called oxytocin. And yeah, that's just a kind of natural, natural way to strengthen your contractions. Very, very similarly to Pitocin, the synthetic um, form of oxytocin. So yeah, that's why I did that. Um, I think I, I didn't do it for very long. I think I only did it for 15 or maybe 20 or 30 minutes, um, on each side. And it, it definitely, it helped, um, not, I mean, it didn't get me to the point of me being able to push my baby out when I got to the hospital, but yeah, it definitely helped to, to strengthen them for sure. I sat on my ball, I put my breast pump on and yeah, they definitely, they definitely strengthened, but yeah, that's the reason why I did it. Just, just to, just to help my body, you know, kind of, cause I, I mean, again, this is the labor nurse brain. I'm like, okay, let's just like, I want to do this fast. Let's just like, let's just go. So it's just kind of a way for me to be like, okay, let's, let's get the ball rolling. I'm ready to like, to, to hop on the labor train. Yeah. <laughs> so, to speak. yeah. so, uh, how long, approximately did you wait until actually going to the hospital and what happened at the hospital once you got there? Yeah. So I waited. So like I said, it was probably seven thirty, eight o'clock when I started contractions. And then I probably left my house at 11, I would say. So I was home for a good three hours. Um, I called my mom at about 1030. Yeah. Cause I think I put my breast pump on at like 10 and did that for a good 20, 30 minutes. And then I called my mom and she came and we left, got up to triage, um, at 11 20 or so, but yeah, it was a good three hours. We were at home or I was at home. Um, well we, I mean, Brian was there too, <laughs> but I was at home. I think I, I did take a shower cause I was like, okay, I just, I remember I was like, I just want to wash my hair because <laughs> I know I'm not going to probably wash my hair for a good few days. So I hopped in the shower and I washed my hair and I stayed in the shower for a little bit because the shower did feel really, really good on my back. Um, put on, you know, my little dress that I like wore during labor and like a nice comfy sports bra. Um, and then, yeah, called my mom, got up to triage at about 1120 or so. 
And at that point, my contractions still about the same, um, like three to like a time frame, three to five minutes. They were a little bit, they're, you know, definitely stronger, a little bit longer at this point. Um, but definitely, you know, the reason why I left was they were getting stronger and I was like, okay, there's no need for me to really stay at this point. And I was also, I mean, my mom wouldn't have cared if I called her at two in the morning, but I was also just like, eh, let's just get her here. And I didn't really want her to be at my house and me being laboring for another few hours. Like I was just like, okay, let me just call her. And then when she shows up, we'll go ahead and go. So yeah, I got up there to triage and I, uh, my doctor came in and checked me and I, unfortunately in my head, I, I was upset, but she checked me and I was still only three centimeters, but I was a labor three centimeters. So before during, um, in the week kind of leading up, I had gotten checked and I was three centimeters, 50% of face and like minus two station. So that can still be an indication that you're in labor, but that's more of not a super labory cervix. So when she checked me, I was still three centimeters, three open. Um, but I was, I think 80%, 70 or 80% of face. So I was thinner out and then minus one. So he was a little bit lower. Um, and she said, you know, she was like, okay, it feels like a, a labor cervix. She was like, I can't, you know, quite admit you yet. Um, so you want to hang out and triage for a little bit and then we'll recheck you in a little while to see, just make sure. Cause she want, you know, I mean, that's what she does. She treated me just like any other patient that came through triage, which I, is fine. And I appreciate. So she was basically like, okay, let's hang out. Just make sure that these are real. And I was bummed because I was like, they are, <laughs> I just want to get to my labor room. Cause I, I was like, I just want to get in the bathtub. That's all I wanted to do. So I was bummed that she checked me and I was still only three, um, three centimeters at that point, but it was fine. We hung out in triage. My husband put on some mu- music and we hung out in triage and I did lots of hands and knees and, um, labored there for a while. My, my nurse who t- came, um, and took care of me later on, Judy came to triage and, and kind of said, Hey, and she was like, Hey, I'm going to go If you're in triage. I'm going to go like eat my lunch. And then when I come back, she'll probably come and, or I'll come and check you again and see what's going on. So yeah. So Judy had gone ate lunch. And then when she got back, I think it was probably an hour and a half after I got um, checked initially and I was at three centimeters that Judy came back because I think my, my doctor was in something else. I don't know, but Judy came and checked me and I was six centimeters at that point, six, 90%. So even thinner and then zero station. So he was even lower. So that made me feel a lot better because that just kind of validated that I was like, okay, guys, I'm definitely in labor. Like there's not (laughs) any question. Like I probably, you know, you could have admitted me an hour and a half ago, but okay, fine. We'll wait till I'm actually like the amount of centimeters. So yeah, six centimeters at that point, that felt good too, because that was an hour and a half of progress. And I was thinking at that point, okay, this is, this is great progress. You know, I'm thinking back to Walter's birth and it took me a lot longer to get to six centimeters, you know, from three. Um, so I was happy with that check and, and Judy was like, okay, great. You know, let me put your IV in. Um, I got a, you know, a little saline lock just so I had IV access, but put my IV in and drew blood. And then she brought me out to 
yeah, my labor room. And then, and then it got crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, generally around that six centimeter point is when we kind of define transition from early labor to active labor and contractions might get a little bit stronger once you get to that six centimeter point. Do you feel like that was the case with you? Do you feel like your contractions were noticeably different once you hit that six centimeter point? You know, I really don't. I I really felt like they were pretty darn strong at three centimeters, which is why I was kind of a little bit stunned that I was three centimeters in triage. I mean, maybe, maybe, and I think I, you know what, the only difference that I, that I know I noticeably, noticeably felt was the zero station. So I remember feeling different when she checked me at, at an hour and a half later than when my doctor checked me um, and just feeling that pressure different. So that certainly did feel different, but I would say the contractions were still pretty darn strong and they were long and, you know, close together. And then once I did get admitted, yeah, I got in the bath and that made them better. I mean, it didn't, it's, they were still strong and just as close together, but I mean, that helped just because I was in the bathtub. So no, I would say I, they, yeah, I, I I should have been six centimeters when I showed up. That's what they felt like. (laughs) Yeah. So talking about the bathtub, um, why did you think the bathtub was so helpful? I thought I remembered with Walter's labor, you kind of didn't really like the bathtub if I remember right. But what about the bathtub like made it just so much better coping with the pain? I know you're totally right because I talked about that in Walter's birth where I didn't have a bath bathtub room uh, when I showed up to the hospital. I, I I I had a room with a shower, so I didn't even do a bath with him once I got admitted. But I took a bath or two or three. I don't even remember, <laughs> but I know I took at least one bath um, at home when I was in labor with him. And yeah, it just didn't feel good. And maybe it was my bathtub because my bathtub's smaller than the one at you know, at the hospital. Um, but just did not feel good. I, you know, I filled it up enough and it was hot enough, but just for whatever reason did not feel great in Walter's birth. I remember the shower felt really, really good, um, in Walter's birth and just having the water kind of beating on my back, uh, when I was in labor with him, but with Ryland, yeah, it was weird. I hadn't taken a bath at this point. I took a shower at home, but I hadn't taken a bath yet in labor with him once I got admitted. But I remember I really, really, you know, I was like, Judy, get me a bathroom. I just just want to get in the bathtub. I think that's going to feel really, really good. So I, yeah, got in the bath and that was definitely just being completely immersed in water. Almost, I couldn't, you know, it's not, you can't get it quite up to your whole belly, but really, you know, pretty much my whole lower back and like, you know, my, my lower abdomen stuff was submerged in water. I think it helps so much just with the heat, obviously. And I think just like, you know, you're, you're more buoyant, I guess is the right word uh, when you're in water. So like the pressure feeling was a little bit better and it just, yeah, I think it was just everything kind of common, you know, comboed together. Um, The, that certainly, certainly helped me, um, pain wise. And just, yeah, it was just nice being sitting in the bathtub and having Brian sitting in there with me instead of just like being in the bed. I don't know. It was, I just liked, I enjoyed it. (laughs) So let's talk about other things that you were doing 
you know, during this time. Um, you, your Birth It Up course talks a lot about different techniques that moms can use yeah. during labor. So did you use any of those t- techniques while you were in labor with Ryland? So tell me, are you one of an estimated 80% of pregnant women that's hoping to give birth without an epidural? I hate to break it to you, but simply wanting it might not be enough. After the unmedicated birth of my first son, Walter, I knew I had to create an affordable online birth class designed just for moms that wanted to do the same. And that's how Birth It Up, the natural series was born. Learn more about how to make your dream of a natural hospital birth a reality at mommylabornurse.com slash natural birth. You can totally do this and we can help. Yeah, no, I totally did. I remember thinking, and I think I said this during my pregnancy to you guys um, and my audience and stuff, that the one thing that I wanted to really, really focus on with Ryland, with this birth was relaxing because I knew the impact that that had. And I knew that I sucked at that (laughs) with Walter. I just could not relax with each contraction. So I really, really focused on relaxing and doing that ragdoll and just relaxing all parts of my body and prepping my husband and telling him that that's what I needed from him to tell me to relax with each contraction because I struggle with that so much. Um, so I definitely did the rag doll. I did, I, I, I mean, I did lots of, lots of breathing deep, you know, super, super deep breathing later on in labor. I did horse lips a whole lot, which I did not, uh, like think that I was going to latch onto that so much. And like that be the one thing that really actually helped me when I was really, really deep into labor, but did horse lips did Raggedy Ann, you know, ragdoll a whole lot, did a whole lot of breathing, did a whole lot of position changes, hands, and, you know, lots of hands and knees. And I remember doing position changes and just kind of not being as concerned with, okay, I got to do this position change and then I got to do this position change and then I got to do this position change, but more just kind of like listening to my body and saying, okay, this felt good. I'm going to keep doing this. This doesn't feel good. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this as much. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say it's funny that, yeah, I teach all of this stuff in my labor course, but I knew for myself, what I truly needed to focus on was the, was the relaxation more so than like the mental tricks and thinking that it's not, you know, eventually it's going to be over all of this stuff. I needed the, the relax (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's different with every person and even with every labor too. For sure. So um, going to breaking your water, um, did it break on its own or did you have the doctor have to break it for you? Yeah, so same with with Walter's birth. I had her break it um, and it was actually the same doctor who delivered. So that was kind of cool. And with Ryland, yeah, same thing. I eventually had her come in and break my water. And I was eight centimeters at that point. So I was laboring, um, in the tub for a while. And then finally Judy checked me actually, it was probably only an hour after I got admitted. Um, cause things were gearing up and she checked me cause I was just curious, you know what I was, cause things were gearing up and she was like, Oh, you're, you're eight centimeters, you know, you're eight centimeters already. And that was 
only another hour after I got admitted. And I was like, okay, great. That's still great progress. And she was like, do you want me to call, um, you know, the doctors to come, Dr. Wheeler to come and break your water. And I was like, and I contemplated for, for a second. Cause I was like, do I really want to? I mean, I feel good at that point. And I, the only reason I contemplated was because I remember the crazy transition from Walter's birth of it being a whole lot more painful, <laughs> the contractions being a whole lot more painful with him. So I was nervous um, and just like, oh, do I really actually want to do that? Yeah, I do because I want this, I, I want to speed this up and I want to get this over with. Looking back, I'm glad that I still did, but I, I mean, I probably didn't, didn't have to. Um, but I'm still, I'm still glad that I did. I mean, I think it, I think it was the right decision, but yeah. So she then came in, it was about two o'clock. I think when, um, Judy, Judy checked me and I was eight centimeters and then Dr. Wheeler probably came 15 or 20 minutes after that and broke my water. And the, thankfully what I remembered with Walter didn't as quite happen with Ryland. Um, the transition wasn't, it wasn't like immensely, immensely more painful immediately after I got my water broken. So after I had those first few contractions after my water, I was like, okay, all right, this is, this was the right decision. I, I'm good. <laughs> so, and at that point I still thought, you know, at that point I hadn't stalled yet. So I'm still thinking like, okay, this is good progress. I'm still going like, hopefully this is going to speed up and we're going to have a baby really, really soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was not, as much the case. <laughs> did you end up getting any pain medication during this labor? Did you wind up getting an epidural? Did you ask for an epidural at any point? Yeah. Yeah. So I did end up getting a dose of pain medication. I didn't end up getting an epidural. I didn't end up doing nitrous because that wasn't even available with the all the COVID stuff going on. Um, but I did get a, one dose of of it's called fentanyl that we use at our hospital. I got two with Walter. So I only got one with this one, which, you know, who cares? I I went into this birth knowing that I wanted to try and do it without anything, but I wasn't going to beat myself up at all. If I decided that I wanted to get a dose of fentanyl because I did help so much with Walter just relaxing me. And I did end up getting it. It was about an hour before he was born. So yeah, timeline wise, broke my waters, probably 220, 215. And then I'm laboring. And eventually, I think Judy checked me at about three, and I was nine and a half centimeters at that point, maybe it was a little bit poor three, probably 245. And I was nine and a half centimeters. So I was still transit like, like moving quickly, because that's another centimeter and a half. And, you know, thinking like, okay, this is this is great. And then it was probably 30 minutes later, you know, maybe even longer that I'm like, why am I still pregnant? (laughs) And I'm like going through these contractions and they're like super, super crazy, crazy intense. I'm throwing the relaxation factor out the window. I'm super, super tense with all of them because they were super, super painful, but also because I'm getting in my own head that, oh my gosh, I'm stalling. Why am I stalling? Why am I still pregnant? And that's naturally tensing me up so much. Um, so yeah, eventually it was probably three 30. So Rylan was born at four 35. So it's probably three 30. And I was like, okay, guys, what the heck's going on? Like I need, I need some, I'm like starting to scream at this point. I'm like with my contractions, like it's, it's bad at this point. And 
I'm like, Judy, if I know I'm a rim, um, or nine and a half centimeters, it's pretty much what a rim is. Um, but I mean, can I get a dose of fentanyl? Like I, I feel like I cannot relax with these contractions. Like what the heck? Why am I still pregnant? What do you want me to do? And Judy was like, yeah, it's fine. Like we can, we can do this. That probably would really, really help you to actually relax for a little bit and get a little bit of a break. And then hopefully we can do a couple position changes and you'll have your baby. So yeah, eventually I did get that dose and that did, I mean, I'm, I do not regret that at all. (laughs) That was great. Those, those few contractions, it didn't, I mean, certainly didn't last for very long. It probably I mean, quote unquote, lasted for 15 or 20 minutes um, of contractions that were more tolerable, you know, still very, very painful contractions, but more tolerable. But really the difference that I felt was in between, I could relax and close my eyes and relax my bottom bottom completely. Um, So yeah, no, hashtag no regrets. I'm a fentanyl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So when you kind of explained your birth story in your uh, Instagram story, um, you mentioned you were stalling at a lip. So is that what you're talking about? Kind of stalling right at the very end? Because I know a lot of DMs uh, were getting sent like, what does stalling at a lip mean? So is that what it means? Because I don't know what it means. (laughs) Yeah. So a lip, a lip and a rim are kind of the same. I mean, uh it's a, it's a little bit different, but yeah, basically it's like nine and a half centimeters. You're almost done, but there's still some cervix kind of all the way around and it's, and it's still like a little bit thick. So yeah, that's kind of what ended up happening. I stalled and I was not that for some reason, that last little half of a centimeter was not going away. Um, and I was doing all of these things and getting in my own head, like, why the heck am I not, you know, is, am I still pregnant? So yeah, ended up stalling for almost two hours. I mean, it was, it was an hour and a half, but I don't know exactly when she checked me, um, you know, before when I was like at a rim or I was probably a rim, you know, or a lip before that, but yeah, ended up stalling. And that was mentally, I mean, gosh, it was also in the middle of the night. So I was tired because it was in in the middle of the night. Um, but I hadn't been, I guess at this point laboring total for this long. So I didn't feel as drained as I did with Walter. I remember that difference that I had been laboring all day with Walter, like starting at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, seven or seven thirty in the morning. So by the time I got to kind of an hour before he was born, I was just exhausted because it was in still in the middle of the night and I had been laboring all day. So I do remember that that was better, but I was mentally exhausted because I was getting in my own head, like, oh my gosh, why am I still pregnant? Why am I stalling? I'm not supposed to stall. I, I mean, I remember even thinking like, I'm, I, I teach birth classes. Why the freak am I still, why am I still, why am I stalling? Like, oh, this is not working. Like, what? So yeah, no, that was totally mentally, emotionally, um, and physically, I mean, draining, just stalling for that amount of time and not, you know, you're doing these things. Judy's like doing these position changes with me. I'm saying things like maybe I should try this or, you know, I'm like trying to do everything not to just pull my hair out and be like, 
you know, I need to get an epidural. And I guess to answer that other question of like, did I ask for epidural? Yes, absolutely. I asked for an epidural. <laughs> at, um, I don't even know what time it was, but it was, you know, shortly before he was born. But yeah, that was another thing that happened that it, same, same exact thing happened with Walter. And I should have just known, known it during labor, but of course you're not thinking straight when you're in labor at all. But I, yeah, I was like, do I need to get an epidural guys? Like, do, do I need to get like, maybe I should just get an epidural and then I can push him out or I'll, you know, I'll eventually get to 10 and I can, and, and things will move. Like I I can't do this. (laughs) Like, this is no go. Like if I'm going to stall for another hour, like I'm, I might die. (laughs) So yeah, totally, totally mentally and emotionally uh, exhausting for sure. I know too, I came and saw you the morning, you know, I worked the day that yeah. you had him. So I was able to come and see you just two hours or so after you delivered. Yeah. And I remember specifically talking to the two nurses, Judy and Ellie, that, you know, were with you pretty much throughout your whole labor. And yeah. both of them also said how exhausting it was <laughs> and emotional yeah. it was for them to watch their friend and coworker you know, go through all of this when, yeah. you know, when we see women stall, you know, not that it doesn't happen around that nine centimeter point, but a lot of times it's a little earlier on in labor, you know, maybe yeah. you're stalling at six or seven centimeters for a couple of hours, but to be at nine and a half centimeters. And like we talked about earlier, knowing what, you know, I yeah. mean, we see women all the time going from I mean, I've seen people go from six centimeters to 10 centimeters and having a baby baby. within, within 10 minutes, you know, it can be very, very fast. So I can only imagine how hard that was for you, for Brian, for the nurses that were taking care of you to just witness that for so long. You know, what do you think, why do you think you stalled? Do you have anything in hindsight now looking back? Do you think it was how he was positioned? Do you think it was a mental block? I mean, there's a lot of reasons that we talk about why women stall. Do you have any thoughts of why that might have happened? I think it was, I think it was a combination. I think it was, was his position and just the way that he was, because he did end up at the very end he, you know, he was definitely OP the whole time. And then at the very end he spun and he came out not OP, he came out, you know, normal. Um, so I think it was just his position and my pelvis, just knowing, um, I don't think it was anything that I did. I don't think there was anything that I really could have done. I don't think there was anything like physically that I could have done to really like speed it up. Like, Oh gosh, if I had just done this one position, I probably wouldn't have stalled. No, I think it was just you know, it was his position in there. Maybe there's something I could have done, but I mean, I was, I was doing it all, <laughs> you know, I was doing everything that I knew to, to do. Um, so I don't think physically I could have done anything differently. I think mentally, yes, that definitely played a part. And I probably stalled because I was focusing on that. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to stall. Why am I not pregnant? Why am I not pregnant? And that probably lengthened it, um, uh, even more because I remember at one point, was it after I got the fentanyl? I'm not sure, but I was on the monitor at one point after I'd started to kind of stall. It was probably 
another 15, 20 minutes after she had checked me and I was a rim and I'm like, why, what's going on? Um, and I was on the monitor and I remember my contractions, I looked at my contractions and they were coupling, it's called coupling. So they were, I was having one and then it wouldn't quite go all the way down to baseline. And then I would have another one kind of right afterwards. And then I wouldn't have one for like four minutes. And me knowing in my brain, like, crap, this is a crappy contraction pattern to be at nine and a half centimeters. Crap. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, I need to, like, we need to do something. Like, I need to get out of this. Do I need to get, and I remember saying to Judy, I was like, maybe we need to, maybe need to give me a little Pitocin to get out of this contraction pattern. And I, I, I don't even know if she did, honestly. Like, I, I remember consenting to that, to being like, hey, uh, maybe you need to give me a little bit, bit of Pitocin to get out of this contraction pattern. Um, and yeah, I remember thinking that and being like, crap, I'm I'm starting to couple. My contraction pattern is starting to fail. Like, what's going on? So yeah, totally mental. I think if I had just t- taken that factor completely away, um, maybe I, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have stalled at all, but I think it was honestly his position too. I mean, you can't completely ignore, you can't completely blame it on the fact that I was a labor and delivery nurse and I was way too like involved in just, you know, thinking way too much critically <laughs> and critically about the situation. I think it was honestly, yeah, his having another OP labor. <laughs> So let's transition into you pushing. So uh, what did that look like from stalling for what felt like forever and then finally being able to push? Yeah, so that was certainly relief. Um, but I, I didn't push um, at 10 centimeters. And for a lo- like, I remember I was, I was pushing involuntarily for a little bit. I don't even know how long, but for a little bit before I was, quote unquote, I would say I was like pushing, right? Like, like actively pushing like with each contraction. So yeah, I remember I was like pushing on hands and knees for a little while. I got back in the bathtub and I was pushing for a little while, just like in, you know, in, I mean, I I could, I was trying so hard because I'm like, I need to get this last little bit of centimeter to go away. So I was just, just grunting and like trying to push this, this dang baby down. I was mad at this point. Um, so yeah, but once I got to 10 centimeters, I remember there was one, one bad, bad contraction that Judy checked me and she was like internally checking me and trying to push with me on hands and knees. And it was like the most painful thing ever. And finally I was like pushing, pushing, pushing on hands and knees. And she was like, okay, Oh, it went away. You're, you're definitely 10, you know, it's gone. It's gone. Lazel, you're good. And I was like, Oh, thank God. So then I was like, can I slip over yet? I remember saying that to her. Um, and she was like, yeah, no problem. You can flip over. Cause I was not, I was having hands and knees felt really good during his labor. Um, and her doing lots of counter pressure during labor. And I didn't even talk about that. She had like a freaking ton of counter pressure and that felt amazing and she couldn't push hard enough. So props to uh, counter pressure and <laughs> doing that. Um, but anyways, yeah, finally I was pushing and I pushed a little bit on my hands and knees and I hated it. I was like, no, I need to flip over and either do kind of like sideline or kind of like on my back pushing. Cause that felt way better. So finally flipped over, um, started, you know, pushing with each contraction. And I remember I was doing like, just if you want to call it open glottis, you can call it open glottis. I was just screaming my head off pushing at this point. Um, 
for a few contractions. But finally, once I felt good and I, and I got for a few contractions and I was really like grunting, bearing down good, realizing that I was doing open glottis, but it wasn't like the good kind of open glottis. It was just like, I was just screaming my head off and just pushing in my face and not like control pushing. So finally, once I, um, got into control pushing, yeah, it was 15 minutes later. I pushed prop for, with probably four or five contractions. Uh, and she called my doctor and she came in and delivered him and then he spun, came right out. So yeah, pushing was good. I mean, pushing, I remember that hurting a lot more than I remember it hurting with Walter, but also that was three and a half years ago that I had Walter. So it probably did hurt just the same, but yeah, that was, it was good mentally because I was finally like, okay, this is about to happen. Um, I'm about to be done. But also it didn't feel so good (laughs) because who likes to really push a baby out? (laughs) Yeah, we talk about that though a lot, like with the patients that we take care of and getting to that 10 centimeter point is so amazing. Like it's the most, I mean, outside of actually delivering, it's the probably most relief that you'll feel throughout your whole entire labor. And I tell people a lot, you know, because unless you've had a baby before, and especially unless you've had a baby, you know, naturally without an epidural. Yeah. You know, you think about that pushing time. And I think that's what a lot of women go into labor fearful of, of pushing physically having to push the baby out sounds horrifying, right? Yes. Right. (laughs) So it's always so interesting to me. And we watch this every single day. But when you finally get to that point, It's the first time that you have a sense of control, I like to say, throughout your entire labor. These contractions are just coming, 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 coming. There's nothing you can do about them. They're just getting worse and closer together. And finally, when you hit that 10 centimeter point is when you get to take control of your body again for the first time in what feels like hours or days for some women. Yeah. And you get to do anything and everything that you can to get that baby out. And as much as it hurts, there's also something like the harder I push, the sooner, the faster this will happen. And, and I'm sure that you got into that point of just saying, okay, I can finally do this now safely. And you know, there's no cervix left. And if the harder I push, the faster he'll be here. Yes, yes. And it was, I want to say, I was more aware in Walter's birth of getting to the pushing phase than I was in Ryland's birth. I remember just being mad in Ryland's birth and being like, why am I not to this point? Okay, I'm finally to this point, thank God. But like, why the heck did it take me this long? And just me being like, mad. But yeah, that, that feeling of just being to the point of, okay, I can actually do something was so good. And I remember Judy even saying that during labor still, with when I was having contractions and when I was like starting to stall, she was like, I know it's awful. Like you just, once I know you're ready to get to the, you know, to get to pushing because yeah, you are having these contractions. You can't do anything about them. You just have to take them and know that eventually you're going to get to that point, but you just have to let them come and go. Um, And pushing is just, I mean, you, you said it perfectly that it's just, a, a relief almost like not a relief because it hurt, it still hurts, but it's just mentally you're like, okay, even if this is 
two hours, I'm at least at the point of me feeling like I'm, I'm actually working and I'm actually like pushing my baby down. And this is going to happen at some point. <laughs> so another question that I had that some of your followers have asked you, um, we're going to get into more information about your recovery and uh, the yeah. next podcast that we do. But quickly, I know that you tore, you had a secondary perineal tear, which is mm-hmm. what you had with Walter. While you were pushing, did you feel like you could feel yourself tearing? You know, I know previously when I had both of my babies, the first one with an epidural, I could feel the tear a little bit surprisingly with an epidural. Like I remember that. But my my second baby without an epidural, it kind of all ran together. Yeah. Do you feel like you felt anything? Because a lot of your followers have asked that and have expressed, you know, fear even of, oh my gosh that must be horrible. Not just a pushing a baby out, but B like feeling yourself tear. (laughs) Ouch. I know. I don't even want to answer this question because I don't want to like scare people, but yeah, I, I totally did feel that. Um, but did it, was I scared of it or like, was I, did I come away with it being like, Oh my God, that was like the worst thing ever. No. I mean, I, I definitely felt it and I was like, oh yeah, I just tore. I don't know what degree that was, but yeah, that didn't feel so good. (laughs) Um, but I also was like, thank God I'm tearing. He's about to freaking come out of me. So it was also that too. So it was like, okay, ow, but also yay. (laughs) Yay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Well, on a lighter note, <laughs> um, what was your first thought when you found out you had a boy? I know. Um, honestly, it wasn't as like, oh, like as, as like, you know, like, oh my God, he's a boy because I was just like, thank God he's out of me. I'm, I'm traumatized that it, that it took, you know, not truly traumatized, but traumatized that it took this freaking long. Um, and yeah, I was just like, Oh my God. Like what? And I remember thinking beforehand, I think I told somebody in triage or something. I was like, yeah. Cause they asked me, okay. Um, do you want, you know, you don't, I know, you know, don't know what you're having. Do you want to announce or do you want your husband to announce? He's like, yeah, I want Brian to announce, but <laughs> to announce it was me. Cause I was like, I'm done. What is it? Oh, it's a boy. <laughs> so I remember him coming out and yeah, seeing and Brian, I think, was covering his eyes <laughs> like at this point because he was covering his eyes. Um, during, I'm sure he was like during most of my contractions at the end, not because he was like horrified at him coming out of me, but just like because he, you know, genuinely like hates to hear me in agony. So he's like, oh God, please let this be over. Please let this be over soon. So he's like, kind of like shielding him, his eyes. And so I remember, yeah, somebody saying like, Brian, you know, and then me immediately being like, it's a boy, you know, and him not saying anything. And he was just like, <laughs> he was, I mean, he's, you know, fine. He didn't care. He was like, probably glad that I looked and I said it and he didn't say it, but yeah, he immediately started crying like, oh my gosh, like, And he didn't, you know, he didn't care either way, like girl or boy, but we were just, I think we were both just so happy to be done because it was just so long that I was in that, that agonizing stall, you know, stall at the very, very end, not told, you know, he was just as, I mean, I'll call it traumatized, 
um, because, you know, he had to hear me kind of go through that again, but he, I think he'll say that he took away, he, he coming away from it, it was more positive for him because he really, really genuinely helped me this time. And he, poor thing, he didn't help me pretty too much at all with Walter's birth. It was more my nurses and him, you know, being there and, and being sweet. But he, with this one, 100% was my mental, um, my, my person that was like, relax, you're doing a good job, you know, pot, you know, positive the whole time, whole time. And I don't ever remember him, um, being the way that he was with Walter and being like, you know, just, just quiet. And, and me knowing that he's, he's having a hard time. I only remember him being really, really positive to me, which is exactly what I needed and exactly what I told him beforehand before going into this labor. So yeah, him, I mean, just at that point of us having a boy, we were, we were more happy, (laughs) way more happy that he was just like freaking out of me. And I was done with that stupid stalling. Um, Then he was a boy, but yeah, gosh, I, I was, I was surprised that he was a boy, but I also wasn't, I think I would have been surprised either way. I would have been surprised that if he was a girl, just because I had had a boy previously and, you know, oh my gosh, like he's, you know, oh, I have, I have a girl now. I, I mean, I don't know. I think I would have been, I would have been surprised either way. I was just happy, honestly, that he was out me out of me. Yeah. So that's something I'm curious about, you know, attending births. I think you could probably ask any labor and delivery nurse and they all would agree that the surprise genders are the best, right? Like they're the best. And I think that's probably why, you know, a big reason at least why you chose with Walter and with this baby to have it be a surprise reveal. Um, I know that's why I chose it for my first baby. I just, I've been in those deliveries before and it's so, so cool. But it's funny with mine you know, we had a feeling that my son was a boy the whole entire time. So I didn't feel overly surprised. For me, it didn't have that same like wow factor. Like seriously, I think that in people that I don't even know, like, you know, I come into their birth and it's a surprise reveal and it's so exciting. Like, I think it's, it was more exciting for me to be in other people's deliveries, yeah. you know, than my own. And I, I contributed that to me just because like labor blows and I was just ready to be done. And like with my first son, I pushed for over two hours and I was just over it and I didn't even give a crap. Like what came out of me at that point? Do you feel like that was the similar feeling for you or like, how did it compare Walter coming out being a boy and Rylan coming out being a boy? Did you have similar feelings about the gender part of it and being surprised? Um. I feel like it was probably more cool the first time Uh, I I do. Yeah. I think it was more cool the first time. Um, It was still cool. It was still cool, but yeah, I would say that first time now going like, I mean, if if there is a third baby, I don't know if there is going to be, but probably not, but who knows? Um, I don't know. Like, I think I would do gender again. That's what I was curious about. Yeah, Would you do it again? I don't know. I mean, I think I would because yeah, it's super cool and just, but also, yeah, I don't know. I I'm also curious what it's like now to yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Because yeah, like with me, we found out the gender of yeah. our second one for a multitude of reasons that I won't go into yeah. now. But, you know, I I thought it was interesting to see it both ways, actually. Yeah. Um, good Good and bad both ways, really. But I also think just knowing you personally and talking to you every single day like I do, I think that it drove you more crazy this time, not yeah. knowing the gender, right? Yeah. So, would you agree with that? Yeah. You were totally fixated yeah. on it and so yes. annoyed in those final weeks because you just wanted to know if it was a boy yeah. or a girl. And you kept going back and forth and like yes. everybody on Instagram was like guessing, which made yes. it even more agonizing to, to find yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was fun. It was so, it was super fun and I'm super glad that I did it the way that I did it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I would be really curious if I, if there is a third, a third baby, um, I would be really curious and I would really, really think hard, like, okay, do I want to truly do a surprise, a surprise gender? But no, you're totally right that it was way harder this time. And it was harder in the last weeks. I don't remember that mm-hmm. being, it being like that with Walter's birth. Now, granted, I wasn't, I didn't have mommy labor nurse. I didn't have anything, you know, there, my life is completely different now. Um, then there's a lot of factors, you know, involved, but yeah, I don't remember that. Like, Oh, like me being so annoyed almost at the very, (laughs) very end of like, Oh, I don't even want to think about how many more weeks I possibly have of being pregnant. I just want to be done because I just want to know if this is dang baby is a boy or girl. (laughs) I would imagine that (laughs) mommy labor nurse is probably a huge contributing factor because everyone thought you were having a girl like I know. everyone right I know. the whole time from how you carried differently yep. and your belly looked differently and you carried higher instead of lower I I and your yeah your watermelon obsession yes. so many people thought that and so a lot of you guys don't know this but Jenna said boy from the very beginning yeah, right did, she said I boy did. from the very beginning and i probably was more boy side than yeah. girl side but I think that that was just me being selfish. I wanted you to have another boy because I have two boys and, you know, I just wanted you to have another boy. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. We talked about your followers and how everyone thought it was a girl. I mean, like 85% probably of yeah. people thought you're having a girl. Yeah. And we kind of hoped that it would be a boy just to like stick it to them in some weird way. (laughs) Yeah. Like Jenna said that too, where she was like, I'm just saying boy because everyone else is saying girl. Like, I don't even know, Jenna, do you think, did you really truly think that Liesl was going to have a boy or was it like, nah, I'm just, you know, I'm going to say boy because everyone else is saying girl. I mean, that was definitely part of it, but (laughs) I, I truly thought you were having a boy. I've always imagined you as a boy mom. And I even remember like in high school, you babysat three boys for a couple of years. And I just always pictured you as a boy mom. I don't know what it was. I just, I had a feeling, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You were right. Obviously. I remember being very surprised when I came into your room after delivery And because, you know, Liesl and I talked about how she wanted to share the gender with me. And when she was going up to the hospital at 11 or 1130 at night, I was like, 
no, I cannot wait until I get to work at 6.30 or 7 tomorrow to find out the gender. This yeah. is, I thought for sure you were going to have a baby by like 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that's why. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you need to FaceTime me yeah. as soon as you feel, you know, composed and whatnot. You need FaceTime me. But then when I, you know, got the text at 5 or 5.15 <laughs> in the morning saying that the baby was finally here, you asked me, do you want to know the gender? And I was like, no, I do not want to know the gender. I am leaving my house right now. I'm getting to work early. I want to find out when I get there. Yeah. And yeah, that was the first thing that I asked you, which looking back, I'm like, oh, I should have been like, congratulations, Lisa, on <laughs> oh, the birth of your baby. I don't remember. But no, you were, you, yeah, you were in the bathroom yeah. and um, getting like cleaned up and whatnot. <laughs> And I walked in and like, that's the first thing I blurted out. Was, <laughs> was it a boy or a girl? <laughs> and then I remember just being so excited and we both were so excited. that it's yeah. another boy. Oh, I was so, so excited. Exciting. Once yeah. it, once it sunk in, like I wasn't in, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I wasn't like immediately like, Oh my God, I'm so happy. It's a boy, blah, blah, blah. but it took a little bit. And then finally I was like, Oh man, I have a, I have two boys. This is so dang cool. And me, thinking about Walter, starting to think about Walter, like, cause, cause, Hey, Walter also, along with Jenna, Walter was the only, well, one of the only people who thought boy the whole yeah. time mm-hmm. I was pregnant. You know, I think there was like, there was a couple times when he would say girl, like initially he, he did say girl, but then it was, I mean, 95% of the time when yeah. I would talk about, you know, the baby, or he would say, you know, he would say he, or he would say brother. I mean, he was like, there's not a girl. I would love the baby if it was a girl, mommy, but it's a boy. <laughs> so <laughs> me, you know, thinking about him, like, and just telling him that it's a brother and just getting so, so excited to tell him. And then just like thinking about having two boys. Yeah. Like then it was like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy that he's a boy. I mean, it would have been fine if he was a girl, but I'm really happy he's a boy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, all in all, going through, you know, your entire birth story, is there anything that kind of surprised you about your labor? Like, how did it compare to Walter's? Anything you didn't really expect to happen that happened? Yeah. So I would say, compare wise to Walter, it was shorter, obviously. It was only eight or nine total hours. Um, the hospital time when I was at the hospital to delivery was about the same. Um, and yeah, obviously I think I pushed a little bit, I pushed longer with Walter. Um, we'll get into the recovery at at a later point, another episode, but my recovery was way, 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 way easier with Ryland. Um, obviously I didn't, I didn't stall with Walter, but I remember the mental, load um being similar with Walter compared to Rylan but it was way way more intense and emotionally mentally harder for me during uh Rylan's birth just with the whole stalling factor and me you know stalling at the centimeter that that I did um and then let's see anything that I didn't expect to happen yeah obviously I did not expect to ha- to stall with Rylan at all i mean i thought i i genuinely I prepped myself for a long labor, knowing that like, I could be wrong. I, this could take longer than I expected, but I mean, I, I genuinely thought that once things got going, that 
things were going to progress and I was going to have a baby pretty quickly. Just seeing so many second labors in my time, you know, in taking care of patients and them going so, so much quicker usually typically than first labors and people not having, you know, not stalling, like things just kind of like, just go because your body just remembers that you did this once before. So it's just naturally going to be easier and quicker. So me certainly not expecting to stall and not expecting it to, you know, to happen kind of, kind of the way that it happened. Um, And I will say that was certainly, um, it took a little while for me to process that. And I mean, I'm totally fine now. But yeah, I would say it definitely took a little bit for me to be like, wow, I went into this with expectations. And I tell you guys this, like, don't to not go into your labor with these expectations of like, it's going to be a fast labor. It's going to happen like this. It's, you know, going to, you know, have an open mind, you know, do all this. And yeah, I didn't, didn't really completely take my own advice because I I did go into this labor expecting that things were going to go really, really fast. and, And it didn't. And it took me a little bit to kind of process that. Another thing that happened with him that didn't happen with Walter was his heart rate did dip and I was on the monitor with him at the end. And I remember his Rylan's um, heart rate dipping and me hearing that and me being scared, like genuinely scared, like, oh my gosh. And it was down for, for a while. Um, me being nervous, like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to go and have an emergency C-section really, really quick? Or is she going to have to put a vacuum on and vacuum him out really, really quick? Or is he going to come out and not be crying and then have to stimulate? I mean, you know, things are going through my head as I'm pushing him out. Um, So that was also something that I didn't expect to happen. And that took a little bit of time for me to process. And I think something me taking that experience and having that second experience happen um, and having different things happen, I can now come away from things not, you know, I don't, I don't consider this birth to be like, quote unquote, traumatic, but I didn't get my expectations completely met. And me knowing how that feels and how that can take has taken time now, Like it just, gosh, I feel a whole lot more for people who have babies who come out and, you know, need resuscitation or things really truly did not go the way that you wanted them to go. And I I mean, yeah, I I just, I didn't, like I said, it wasn't like I, I didn't completely dip my toes all the way into it. I didn't have any sort of like truly, truly traumatic birth, but like, gosh, I, 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 I kind of did have some things that were a little bit traumatizing and wow, it, it gave me some feelings and it took me a little bit time to process. So how important, you know, that is to kind of teach, I guess, other people. So, I mean, I think that's a good point to kind of hit on in general. Um, You know, may it be your pregnancy or your birth or your first, you know, journey into motherhood afterwards you know, recovery wise or breastfeeding wise or sleeping wise, Yeah. you know, we've talked a lot over the last, you know, year and a half as I became a new mom even and, and the expectations that you have in your mind of what, you know, right. 
this whole experience is going to be and how that reality comes into it. And oftentimes it's, they don't meet, they, they don't, don't hit. They don't. Right. And, and something that, you know, has taken me well over a year to finally process, you know, with you, you talk about your, you know, labor experience with me, it was my breastfeeding experience with my first yeah. son. And it's, it's, grief almost, you know, and, and a lot of other feelings too, but grief almost where, you know, hear what you think is going to happen. And you've got these, you know, now I wouldn't even say high expectations in your head. I mean, it's very reasonable for your second baby, for you to have thought in your head that it was going to go differently. And, and it was faster overall. I mean, it was close to 24 hours of labor with Walter and yeah. Ryland was eight hours, you know, right. so overall faster. A lot of women would look at that with positivity. But, you know, I think that's something important for new moms and second time moms and 10th time moms is to just realize that, you know, you're of course going to have some expectations of how, you know, pregnancy and labor and delivery and motherhood is going to be, um, but just, you know, it's okay to be sad or mm-hmm. angry, um, even or disappointed when something didn't go exactly how you did. But I think it's really important. And I'm happy that you recognize this, yeah. you know, you've been very like vocal to us about this over the last two weeks since he was born and how things just didn't align how you thought it was going to be. But I think it's the awareness that you have this time and the fact that you, yeah, recognize that things didn't go exactly as you thought they were and that's okay, but that it's also okay to be upset and mm-hmm. um, sad about it. And, you know, processing that information takes time and it can be really emotional um, having a baby and having the hormonal changes that having a baby comes with and then dealing with, you know, this expectation versus reality thing that comes along with it. So I'm glad that, you know, you have been so vocal about it and, and verbalizing that even on here right now is so important so that other, you know, women know going into this experience that, it's okay. And, and even Liesl, mommy labor nurse, who is labor <laughs> yeah. delivery nurse, who, you know, is such an amazing support for women all over the world has, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's yeah. O- and it's okay. You know, yeah. you're real, you're a real person. And, you know, just for everyone to know out there that there's bound to be something. And I tell, you know, friends of mine that, don't have any kids or are pregnant or whatever, you know, I'm like this, what happens during pregnancy and during labor and delivery and sleeping wise with your baby and having a newborn, like just be prepared. Like things aren't going to go how they intended to. And like, this is a perfect time to practice how to start to deal and adapt to change because (laughs) there's a lot. That's what being a mom is all about. I think is just, Nothing ever goes exactly how you're going to, and it didn't, your labor didn't go how you thought it was going to be. And I guarantee you, there's a billion more things that are going to happen over the course of Ryland's life that are not going to go how you thought they were going to go. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end it too. Um, Jenna, did you have any last questions for me as somebody who uh, has not, I feel like Tiff, you know, I've been trying to talk to Tiffany, um, I can talk to Tiffany in like nurse, uh, nurse Liesl and nurse Tiffany, but sometimes, you know, I have been trying to like talk 
I don't know, differently <laughs> to her. Yeah. Like, cause it's, but did you, I guess, did you have anything last to ask me just as somebody who is not pregnant? At least I don't think you're pregnant, right? Yeah. <laughs> is not no, pregnant, not but <laughs> is not pregnant, um, but doesn't have any kids, you know, cause a lot of these people who are listening, a lot of my listeners are first time moms who don't have the experience and who are kind of like you who, you know, don't, don't have really an experience of having a first, a first baby or don't really have, don't really know anything about pregnancy or labor. No, I mean, kind of going off what Tiffany said, like before I even started working for you or just, you know, learning more about pregnancy, labor, delivery, postpartum, all of that stuff, I kind of, you know, you see pictures on the internet of like pretty pregnant people and like you with your fresh newborn, you know, all, all perfect poised looking, but that's, that's not it. You know, the reality is there's so many things that can happen that you don't expect. And it's not, it's not rainbows and butterflies, you know, like there's just so much to it and it's different for everybody. So, and I mean, even me being, I don't know, 24 years old being like, Oh, I just want to be pregnant and have a baby. (laughs) Like it's, it's not that simple. There's just so much to it that you don't realize like the exhaustion mentally, physically, you know, and I really just love that you're on your platform. You can share that. Like, it's not, it's not all perfect. You know, there's just, Oh yeah. So much. I think that's very, uh, very apparent in stuff that I do is that I, I, I don't sugarcoat things for a reason, like ever, because I don't think that birth or labor or anything about motherhood like needs to be sugarcoated. You need to talk about positivity, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's super, super important. And that's, that's very, very important to me to, uh, to, to shed light on is like, yes, we got, we got to shed light on the positivity, but we have to be real and raw here and not sugarcoat how, um, how crappy labor might be or how yeah. crappy postpartum might be or how crappy breastfeeding might be, or you might have these issues. You might have, this might happen. This might happen because yeah, if you sugarcoat everything and you just, you know, you just see these social media images of other people that you follow and like, it's just, they look perfect and like motherhood looks so great. Yeah. Then you're setting people up for, for net, you know, negative yeah, experiences almost sure. because yeah, like it's 100%. just, it's not, it, it's, it's not like that. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, comparing yourself to other people, I think that's just, in, you know, inbred yeah. in yeah. women to do that, to compare themselves. For and sure. it, it comes to head probably more real than it's ever, ever been before of the comparison factor, you know, after right. having a baby and how yeah. one person is to the next person is. Yeah. And, you know, as hard as it is to not compare yourself, it's, it's, you so much healthier to just, this is me. This is my story. This is my baby. This is how my baby is, you know? And I'm not saying that, you know, talking to other women isn't helpful. I mean, I'm a firm believer that talking is, it's so therapeutic and it's so important. And I'm very vocal about my experience after having, you know, my first baby and struggles that I went through with other women, because it is so, so, so helpful. Um, But yeah, I think that, you know, like we said before, it's such an amazing thing that you're able and feel comfortable enough to share in-depthly 
you know, with your followers and women around the world, exactly what happened and being very real and very raw with it. And I can imagine that it's been, you know, a helpful thing for women all over to have seen that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, good. Well, I think that's a perfect way to end things. Thank you guys for joining me today. I think that was, I think this was a good takeaway for people. Um, I know a lot of people wanted to hear my birth story with Ryland and in detail. So I hope for everybody listening that uh, you took took some, you know, you enjoyed this, then you took a lot away from this. And next episode, we're going to do maybe not the next one that's going to come out, but the next kind of group, we are going to do another one, another follow up on this and talk more about recovery, because I know you guys have had a lot of questions about that as well. So stay tuned for part two of this episode. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Alright, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.